This is Sounds Like Adventure, an actual play podcast all about fun roleplay, short runtimes, and great sound design. I'm your host and DM, Jack Trainer, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and players, Jacob Sirachi and China Venzel. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining us for episode six of Sounds Like Adventure. Now, in the last episode, you heard Otis and Seox solve the mysterious puzzle of the reflecting pool. And then after some weird events happened, they made their way to the final stop on the tour, the Dissertarium, to hear the talk by Susan Scones. And after Otis and Seok emerged from a side door, the moderator drew a conclusion and has mistaken Otis for Susan Scones and pulled him up on the stage. And now Otis is going to have to give a talk on a subject he knows absolutely nothing about. Now, before we dive into it, I want to take you behind the scenes a little bit, let you know how it's all going to work. So before the session started today, I handed Jacob a one-page sheet on magical plants. And he had the time before the session started to memorize as many details as he could out of that sheet. But once the session actually started, he had to put the sheet away and just try to remember. So for today, Otis's goal is going to be to try and hold the attention of the audience and keep them believing that he is Susan Scones. So the Tabaxi is going to ask questions to Otis and then he's going to have to roll a performance check to see how well he answers the question. And this is the thing we really like to do where we roll the dice first and then we role play based on the number that comes up on the dice. So if he rolls the dice and rolls like an 18, then he's going to be eloquent and perfect and the audience is going to believe him. But then if he rolls low, he's going to role play not being so eloquent and the audience is going to start to question his credibility. And depending on stuff that happens in this episode, there may be some other consequences. So with all that in mind, let's dive into episode six of Sounds Like Adventure. So when we last joined you, you guys had just come through like a side corridor that Indifference Jones had taken you through um, and you got sort of swept up in a little bit of a tide and you came out into the Dissertarium and shock, horror the MC of the talk has mistaken Otis for Susan Scones, pulled him up on stage, introduced him to the audience, and the audience is now applauding you. The tabaxi beckons you over to the stage where she takes a seat and gestures towards the chair, and she says, Now what an honour it is to have you in our first and foremost electric talk series. A lot of people said it couldn't be done, but here we are. And if this is successful, I'm sure this will continue for years to come. So, uh, no pressure. Um, uh, Otis uh, is sweating profusely um, and is panicked over the um, telepathic link between Siok and him. Uh, being like, brother, help! Well, seems like you're the main attraction for the show. Tell him you like to nerd out a bit every now and then? Just <laughs> tell them stuff. Um, Otis uh, turns toward the tabaxi and and says, uh, uh, and, and what a pleasure it is to be here, miss. The pleasure is all ours. Now, Susan, 
So for those of us who don't know, which I believe is all of us, the crowd sort of laughs in agreement at this sort of joke that she's making. What is Magia Horticulture? Oh, God. That is a hole of an 11. <laughs> Otis would turn to the vaccine and says, oh, Well, my dear, I... Magi Hotter Magi. Look, I prefer to call it botany of the arcane nature. Is, 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 well, the study of magic plants, to put it in simple terms. The tabaxi gives like a big, broad, toothy smile and the crowd is obviously impressed. You've managed to hold their attention for this part. But, Seok, you're down in the audience um, and could you just make a quick insight check for me? Insight. All right. Uh, that would be a 13. Nice. So you look around the room and it dawns on you that everyone is enthralled by this conversation. This could be like a perfect moment for you to slink away. Uh, indifferences and around seemed like most people in that hallway either went into this room or they went off into that other doorway. Uh, and as you think about that other doorway, you're like, I wonder what was behind that doorway. I say to orders through a telepathic link, and I say, can you create an illusion of me sitting in this chair, grinning stupidly? I know you love that. And I'll just slink away and have a look around. Um, I think I can do this, and I think I can do this quite well, actually. Maybe when you make, like, cool, say, say, like, magic, and then disguise it as you demonstrating something awesome or something. Yes, I can cast Major Image and uh, replicate uh, Siok sitting in his chair. No one's paying much attention to me. It doesn't need to be perfect. Just if someone glances my way, I'm still there. Okay, cool. So you're going to cast Major Image. So let's read some rules. Uh, major image. You create the image of an object, a creature, or some other visible phenomenon that is no larger than a 20-foot cube. The image appears at a spot that you can see within range and lasts for the duration. It seems completely real, including sounds, smells, and temperature appropriate to the thing depicted. You can't create sufficient heat or cold to cause damage. So basically just no damage, but it creates a very true illusion. Doesn't this spell have verbal components? I Meaning you have to say something to cast it. It's got somatic components, so you have to do something to cast it. And it has material components as well, so you have to use something to pull this it off. It certainly does, Jack. <laughs> now, the, the material is only a bit of fleece, so I feel like that's the easiest part of this. Right. The verbal and semantic, I imagine I can at least hide a hand gesture or something while I'm speaking, as in, like, speaking with my hands. And then verbal, uh, the cover a cough or something like that and try and uh, cover the verbal component. <laughs> Perhaps you, like, maybe you get a bit of cloth out to dab something off your, your forehead. 
Oh, that's a good, yes, very good idea. So, so Otis will, uh, he'll, he'll cough first and then, excuse me, and put his hand up and he'll pull a, like a handkerchief out of his coat pocket and he'll like dab at his nose and mouth and then with his other hand underneath the handkerchief he's doing the semantic components and covering his uh, mutterings of the verbal. So that happens. Um, and then as that happens, uh, the tabaxi chimes in again at this point and says, uh, what did you say? Arcane botany? I said botany of the arcane nature. So yes, arcane, but arcane botany. <laughs> she says botany of the arcane. Wow. It's amazing what people know. I always find out something new. Now, next question. Why would one want to use magical plants when they could just use regular ones? Alright, so performance. Uh, that's a 19 on performance. Nice. Otis says, well, I mean, think of all of the benefits. I mean, take a, a gin blossom, for example. You could use a gin blossom and you could get massive benefits against poisons and gases and the possibilities are endless with all these sorts of magical plants. Otis, you look out in the crowd and you're seeing lots of impressed nods and smiling faces. People are really rapturously paying attention to what you're saying right now. Siok, the illusion has gone off without a hitch, though. So what are you going to do now? We've done this multiple times. Like This is an old trick to us. So as soon as I see the illusion in where I am, I slink away behind it, make my way to that other door as fast as possible. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, give me a stealth check here. Make it with advantage um, because of uh, how well Otis is answering and because of the illusion. All right. Um, all right, let's go. Stealth. Uh, that is uh, 10 on the die, 19. Yep, so you make it out. You head out through that door. You find yourself on a small balcony and it's deserted. So... Since I'm a tabaxi, I can get that double movement if I haven't moved the turn before. So I'm going to quickly run here, throw one of my, like use my teleportation dagger. I'll throw the dagger this way. That's my action. And the bonus action is to swap the place with it. So I should be here and then I keep running like this way. So I should end up over there. Awesome. So you come out on this balcony and you look around. It's totally deserted. There's no one around. And as you look around, you realise that you're totally level with the top of the stairs that you climbed earlier to get up to this floor. So you lower your hand to your side almost casually and one of the shadowy daggers that you have appears in your hand. And with a motion sort of like a ninja throwing a shuriken, you quickly toss it over to the other side where the top of the stairs are. And as it hits, you instantly materialize on the other side. And as you appear on the other side, you quickly drop to the ground and take off running. Luckily, the hall is totally deserted. Everyone is in watching this speech in the dissertarium right now. You sprint past the balcony overlooking the reflecting pool. You turn right, and then right ahead of you is the door to the employees-only area. And then back in the other room with Otis. Uh, Otis, as mentioned, you are killing it. You're really controlling the room right now. 
But the Tabaxi turns to you with another question, and she says, but there is always the other side of the coin, isn't there? Why wouldn't someone want to use a magical plant? Uh, performance first. Uh, that is a whole of six. Otis says something along the lines of, oh, well, well, there's no reason not to, my dear. While you could get poisoned or burnt or frozen, they're simply inconveniences, not reasons not to. You hear the crowd express some shock <laughs> at that. The Tabaxi gives you a very strange look and you look out on the crowd and you notice people are starting to sort of like shuffle around and look at their papers and things like that. And it dawns on you now that with Seok out and about, the stakes are all of a sudden a little bit higher for you to keep this charade up. Speaking of which, Seok, what are you doing? I'm going to use my full sprint ability to get to the rack, grab an outfit, put it on, and moving forward towards that door. Clothes racks are pretty much directly in front of you, so you'd be able to grab those pretty easily. And then, yeah, if you want to use your sprint, you'll be able to make it right up to the right up to the door, essentially, I feel like. Go here, grab something, and while I'm running, pulling on the green blazer. Do you grab the tie as well? Uh, I grab the whole outfit, yeah. Okay, give me a sleight of hand to tie the tie. Sleight of hand, here we go. And that would be uh, 17. Oh, love it. What kind of knot are you tying? So, yeah, you're at the door, ready to burst through. But back in the room with Otis, the crowd is still showing the shock at this point. And the tabaxi goes, oh, my word, burns. Uh, that sounds a bit scary. Is it, is it worth the average person working with these kinds of plants, do you think? Or is training necessary? Um, uh, performance first. That's a 15 performance. Uh, Otis says, oh, well, my dear, for the average person, you stick to the safer plants. It's not you get more experience that you would uh, go up to something like a nail lotus or an ore vine or something that is, is going to be a different challenge and, and a bit of danger. So keep it in the hands of the experts such as yourself, you'd say. Yes, or at least grow your knowledge before you attempt it. Otis, you look out on the crowd and once again, you've got everyone back on side. You can see the smiles, despite what you said being utter nonsense. <laughs> Those plants aren't dangerous at all. But, Seok, what are you doing? I sneak forward. Like, I, I ran this far. I'm a pretty quiet runner, but I don't want to storm through a door without listening first and see if there's uh, if I can expect anything. So you're listening listening through the door? I'm trying to maybe open it a little tiny crack and peek in and see and hear if there's people around and what's happening. Yes, there's like hustle and bustle. You can see like people moving around, just like the kind of work that you would expect um, going on, you know, behind the scenes if you've ever worked like hospo or anything like an event. Silk will adjust his posture. No other way when you walk somewhere, you've got a mission. Like, uh, I know I have to be there and do that. So I'm going straight there, no questions asked. And then I w- enter the room, walking like that. Wonderful. So you enter the room 
and you find yourself on a high interior balcony and it's shaped like a C with like perfect right angles. And it's overlooking what looks like another gallery downstairs. And far below, you can see what look like the edges of like a giant, huge skeleton. But you can't really get close enough to the edge of the balcony to check it out without sort of exposing you because all around you, you see a bunch of other workers racing around, doing various different tasks. You see a line of workers holding trays, walking over to a table with glasses on it, and other workers are loading up on the trays with glasses and food. What are you going to do now to try and blend in in this room? I'll just walk straight, not not running, but you know that stiff and extra fast walk that like, ah, this needs to be done. I'm on my way there. Yeah, like the purposeful walk or walk like you have something to do, basically. So yeah, you do that. You start moving along. You probably make it um, a third of the way down the the where you are at the moment on the the left side of the balcony, um, and you start to hear a commotion coming from down below in the area where you can't really see at the moment. So as that's happening, back with Otis. Uh, the tabaxi uh, who you've gotten back on side after losing them for the moment, talking about horrible burns and poisonings. <laughs> she says, well, yes, uh, despite the burns and poisonings, might I ask, what's your most humorous story from your time in Magia Horticulture or Botany of the Arcane, as you say? Uh, performance of 14. Well, it would uh, it would have to be uh, my uh, ventures in the the spine of the world, where I was trying to find myself uh, some salamander orchids, which are, are famous for for their heat and very difficult to find in the high reaches of the mountains. And while scaling to find one, uh, managed to tumble myself down into a pond, which was surrounded by these salamander orchids. And well, for lack of a better term, I landed myself in some hot water. Otis, you bask in the adoring laugh of this appreciative audience. If you keep this up, Seok is safe as houses. So, yeah, now we're back in the room with the balcony and Seok, uh, you can now make out that there is two voices and you can overhear what they're saying. Most other people are hustling about and not paying attention to the noise. It's all echoey at this point because it's coming from far off in the distance. And the first voice you, you hear... Now, sir, it's quite all right. I'll need you to calm down. The menagerie is not open to guests just yet. And the second voice comes in. It's sort of this gruff, aggressive voice. Oh, no, what you're hiding in there? What you got hidden away behind that thing? Let me stand right, right here. And, yes, look uh, over there. Yes, I see it. Aha, you thought I didn't know, did you? But from here I could clearly see it. And it's that one. What would happen if I were to cut it open? And there's this, like, abrupt sound as this person is just cut off. And you hear the first voice again. How unfortunate. Magumba, clean this mess up. I must get back to our guests. 
Who knows what those two are really up to? And at this point, Seok, you realise you probably need to get back to the other room before indifference makes it up there. What are you going to do? Like, I, I stop. I slap my forehead and mumble, ah, so busy today. Keep forgetting where my head is. And I turn around and walk the same, like, quick walk back to, through the door. Can you give me a stealth check as you do that? Uh, stealth check. Here we go. <laughs> All right, that is uh, 25. That's a very good roll. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty good roll. Um, sure. Yeah, you make it out. There's no one There's no one in the hallway. It's still totally empty. Nobody notices you leave the room um, and you are free to start beelining back into the dissertarium. But back in the dissertarium where, Otis, you are blissfully unaware of the revelation that Seok has just found, you are answering the questions still and the tabaxi turns to you with a big smile on her face because things are still going really well. And she says, Well, Susan, it's been a thrill to have you and I have another question for you. So I want to know, for any budding Magihorticultrans out there, What's your number one tip? I really hope I fail this one. Um, (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) That's a six. (laughs) Well, I tell you, uh, if I have learnt anything over my years as an arcane botanist, he pointedly looks at her as he says that. If you don't know what it is, poke it and find out. So as you say this, the crowd lets out another gasp of shock and people are shuffling in their seats. People are uncomfortable. And unbeknownst to you, Seok is trying to get to you as soon as he can. What are you doing, Seok? Uh, I'm absolutely uh, sprinting. While I was running down the hallway, I was taking off the, the tie Otis, Otis over the telepathic link because the because the illusion only lasts for ten minutes. Brother, I can't keep this on much longer. Almost in the room. I'm almost in the room. So I make the illusion casually just stroll out of the room. Wonderful. So it does that. It walks in and strolls out the door. As you're getting close to it, Seok, you see the door open and yourself walk into the room. <laughs> and then and then and then slowly just sort of dissipate after it like goes out of view of everyone. And what are you doing, Seok, with the uniform that you're currently wearing? Uh, I'm gonna like put it on a on one of the the racks that are around. Give me a sleight of hand to do that while you're sprinting. All right, all right. Let's see. Uh, yeah, see, that, that's uh, that's a whole ten. So you ball it up as you're running, rather than try and hang it on the rack, and you just chuck it. And it just sort of lands nearby one of the racks. It looks weird, that's for sure. And now back in the room with Otis, things are going very poorly now. Uh, the crowd is turning on you. People are moving around. People aren't sure. But the Tabaxi sort of quiets the crowd and says, and what, pray tell, do you mean by that? That's an eight. 
Oh, we're doubling down. Um, (laughs) 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 He looks at her and he says, Well, I mean, uh, as I said, my dear, botany of the arcane doesn't come without risks. Take the cold wood, for example. It has the possibility of making things freeze. And I mean, I wouldn't have found that out unless I poked it with a stick. So you've nearly totally lost the crowd at this point. They're whispering. (laughs) They might go into full revolt if something else goes wrong. They might start throwing tomatoes at this stage. And you still are trying to hold the fort down so no one notices that Seok is gone. So you're starting to panic a little bit. But Seok, this is your last chance to get back in the room. What are you doing? Like, Seok is uh, quick walking. Uh, he knows he's like almost there, quick walking, and as he does, he's like, could have just put that uniform into my bag. <laughs> and then <laughs> walks into the room. <laughs> yeah, Oda says, that's my parting words. As to its name, cold wood makes wood cold. And then uh, gets up, stands up to leave. No, it doesn't. <laughs> So, Seok, you make it back into the room. You find a pretty crazy scene. Uh, there's unrest. And in amongst all the unrest, the tabaxi stands up and she says, Well, thank you for joining us on the first of our Electric Talk series. And I hope you'll join us next year when we hopefully have a different speaker. And you get a few people politely applauding, but the crowd is mostly thrown for a loop by everything that's happened. But they do remember you said a couple of good things and you do get a reluctant round of applause at the end. And the tabaxi just beelines away from you as fast as possible. (laughs) I was totally going to put my hand out to, like, give her the, like, kiss on the hand with my trunk. (laughs) Just Just to make matters worse. Yeah, and, like, as she's beelining out of the way, two, like, strong-looking workers, like, block your path from being able to follow her. (laughs) And you have this moment of relief. Otis, you look at Seok, you look at your brother, and you're like, my God, we've just pulled it off. We did this thing. And then as you're celebrating in this moment, you look over his shoulder. And standing right there, staring hard at you, is Indifference Jones. And he storms straight up to you, extremely aggressively. And he says, What are you doing? Episode six in the books. And how'd you like that cliffhanger at the end there? What did he see? I guess we'll have to find out in the next episode. But hey, look, just so you don't miss that next episode, head over to the app that you're listening to this on right now. Make sure you've pressed subscribe or follow. And if you have time, leave us a five-star review as well. That would be a huge help and we'd be so grateful. But if you're listening to this on release day, Our giveaway is about to wrap up. Make sure you've got your entry in already. If you haven't, head over to our socials, take a look at the posts. You could go to soundslike.show. There's a post there telling you what you need to do to get your entry in. It's really easy. It's free. And if you don't, 
you could miss out on 350 bucks worth of awesome D&D stuff. And hey, in other news, we are racing through season one. There are only two episodes left, so make sure you don't miss them. But I wanted to let you know, after the end of episode eight in the following week, we're going to have a very special announcement. That's all I'm going to say right now, and you'll hear more in the coming weeks. But hey, with all that in mind, I'll catch you next week for the next episode of Sounds Like Adventure.